Welcome to Radio Free Rabbi with Rabbi Joshua Aronson of Temple Judea in Tarzana, California. Well, I better get to the airport. With this rain, everything will slow up. Well, you got a minute, Ben. You know what I said at the house the other day, huh? You were right about the British paying for them well. I was out of line. But you see, I come into a house filled with crazies. No offense. A child is born and everyone's nuts. A new life. Proof of the power of God. But I was out of line. It's just that you locked me into it. And my son, he's going to be a Jew. But what does that mean? I mean, you know, am I a Jew? I can, uh, I can talk like an old Jewish guy. I can tell a great Jewish joke. But uh, do I really feel like a Jew? What is a Jew supposed to feel like? You're asking me, how the hell do I know? You're a Jew, just like me. Maybe we lived it different. Maybe I had rocks thrown at me when I was a kid. Maybe you didn't. Does that make me more of a Jew than you? Don't look up to me, kid. I'm not looking down at you. I'm next to you. My father used to tell a story about the chain, that golden chain that links us all together. You, your dead old man, his old man, etc. You get the point? The wonderful thing about the chain is that nobody says we got to keep it going. But do you presume to break it? That clip is from the 80s TV show 30-something. It's about a group of navel-gazing, self-absorbed yuppies living in Philadelphia, which, to my mind, was the only redeeming narrative plot point. I never watched, yet this episode of Radio Free Rabbi is going to be entirely about one episode of 30-something. Now, If I never watched it, how do I know about this one episode? Well, the show started when I was in rabbinic school and continued until just after I was ordained. And after I was ordained, I was looking to teach about Jewish traditions and life cycles and things of this nature, and someone recommended this episode to me. The same person had also taped it back in those days. That's what we did. So I watched it and... I was moved by it. I never watched the other episodes except to get a little uh, a little information and from friends I knew who watched it about what the show was in fact about. Now, the episode in, in question features the great comedian Alan King as the love interest of... Michael Stedman's mother. Michael Stedman is the main character. He's played by Ken Olin. And his mother's name is Barbara. And she, in fact, is played by the the great actress Barbara Barry. And uh, interestingly, all three actors are Jewish. Now, in this episode, Michael is grappling with whether or not to have a bris for his son. Michael is nominally Jewish in the show. He's certainly ethnically Jewish, but it's a plot point and a significant one that he's married to someone who isn't Jewish. 
His mother comes in from Chicago and uh, after the baby is born for whatever is going to take place. They don't know. Is it going to be a bris? Is it going to be a naming? Is it just going to be a party? They don't really know. And the conversation that opened this podcast is at least for me the centerpiece of the episode. Now, I was inspired to write on this topic by a recent Pew study that found that 25% of all Americans have found their faith strengthened during the pandemic, while only 7% of Jews have found the same thing. And I wondered about that, and of course I'm saddened by that. Yet, this is another in a long line of Pew studies that underscore, uh, in my mind at least, a sad trend, but an increasing trend. Jews have forsaken Judaism and the Jewish community. Now, I certainly realize that faith is not quite the same as Judaism or being a Jew, of course, but in virtually every study, no matter how it's phrased, no matter how it's parsed, Jews show up as being disconnected from their religion. And for this podcast, I want to take a small slice of that. When do you forsake your birthright? In deciding whether or not to have a bris for his son, Michael is in essence asking this exact question. If he decides not to have a bris for his son, it doesn't mean the son isn't Jewish or can't be Jewish, but the decision not to have a bris is the first decision that would put Michael on a path of forsaking the birthright of being Jewish for him and for his son. Now, in today's world, at least in the Western world, no one is obligated to to the burden of their birthright. You can choose any religion or no religion. You can choose to have a hometown or any other hometown or no hometown. You can choose to love the sports teams you grew up with or embrace different sports teams. You can choose never to speak with your parents or reject the values of your parents, and you can take up your own values. You can choose to leave the country of your birth behind and become allied with another country. Aside from genetics, there is no birthright you cannot forsake. Typically, birthright comes with an obligation. The reason most people forsake their birthright in general is their disinterest or unwillingness to accept the obligations that come with their birthright. And the obligations of a birthright come with burdens. And increasingly, no one today wants either obligations or the burdens that come with them. Commonly, people want all the benefits of their birthright without the hard work that emerges from obligation. Prince Harry is a perfect case in point. He wants all the benefits of being part of the British royal family with none of the encumbrances. He and his wife have decided to remove themselves to some degree, in large degree, in small degree, from the British royal family and lead their own lives as if that is even possible. Harry doesn't want to deal with the media scrutiny or the obligations of being told to be here or there or act in a certain way or bite his tongue rather than speak out. The irony, of course is that no one is taking his call 
or scheduling a meeting with Prince Harry because he's just good old Harry, anything that accrues to him for the rest of his life will be because he's the grandson of the Queen of England and will soon be the son of the King of England and then the brother of the King of England. He can run as far from his birthright as he wishes, but he'll always be Prince Harry. He's merely trying to reap the benefits of his birthright without the unpleasant obligations and burdens. His is, in my mind, an act of supreme hubris and self-absorption. The key piece, the key piece Harry doesn't understand is this. Anything he is at this moment is entirely a result of his being born into a very specific family that allowed him access to the finest schools, the most privileged life, and the most unique experiences. There were some tragedies in his life, to be sure, notably the death of his mother, which also was a result of her being born and marrying into a specific family that allowed her a privileged life, which came at a huge cost. And of course, that moment was profoundly formative trauma for Prince Harry. Now, Prince Harry isn't the only person in the world born with a birthright that comes with obligations and burdens. People who are born into poverty and deeply dysfunctional families are born into a birthright. We don't want it, but they're born into a birthright, and it comes with many burdens. Some others have immensely famous parents and spend their lives in their shadow. And sometimes forsaking your birthright is the best possible path for a person to take. For example, a child who was raised in an abusive home. Now it's true, of course, that a birthright can be a burden and an obligation that is suffocating, humiliating, and impossible to embrace. For those simply not predisposed to become the CEO of the family business or get married to a person of the opposite sex or otherwise meet impossible standards, forsaking a birthright can be the only path to finding a life of meaning. I think, however, in the end, everyone needs to come to terms with their birthright in some fashion in order to fully integrate a crucial part of their very being into a functional whole. Sometimes this is achieved with therapy and sometimes people just find a way to make their peace. But at this moment in this podcast, I want to focus on the birthright of being Jewish and the birthright of being part of the Jewish people. I am no longer surprised at the number of Jews who forsake their birthright. I am disappointed with it and deeply saddened that so many Jews so easily forsake Judaism. I am speaking of Jews born virtually anywhere in the world today, and really just about any Jew who was born after World War II, at the very least should understand something elemental. Anything you are at the moment of your birth is entirely the result of choices made by those who came before you. Someone in your past, a grandfather, a great-grandmother, a great-great-great-grandparent, someone, somewhere, made a decision that allowed you to be leading the life you lead at this very moment.
Someone had the fortitude to survive a pogrom, the Holocaust, an expulsion, to make a long journey in difficult circumstances to America or to Israel or to Canada or wherever it was that your folks settled. And especially for Jews in America, the most fortunate Jewish community in the history of the Jewish people, I find it a deeply self-absorbed act for a Jew to simply say, eh, I have no need for the Jewish community, I'm done. What so many Jews don't realize is that the life they are leading is a legacy bequeathed to them by generations of people they never met and don't even know. The benefits of values, of learning, of commitment to a cause that transcends the individual of wanting to make the world a better place, all of these things that we cherish are part of our legacy, whether we acknowledge it or not. But when you say, I am no longer going to be a part of this, you are really trying to reap any benefit that there might be with the legacy bequeathed to you without any of the obligations or burdens it entails, like belonging to a synagogue, like Jewishly educating yourself and your children. And if you say, there are no benefits to being Jewish, it does nothing for me, then you tragically misunderstand the way in which everything that came before you is a part of who you are. And I hear it all the time. I hear celebrities, when asked about being Jewish, say, well, yes, I was born Jewish, but I don't really have anything to do with Judaism. And here's what I think. Who are you to suddenly decide that thousands of years of history, of tradition, of personal sacrifice, and communal sacrifice mean nothing, and you are going to forsake it? To forsake this birthright is the supreme act of hubris and self-absorption. You are saying to the world, I am who I am, not because of any heritage or anything that came before me, but because the universe started with me. Everything I achieve, everything I am, is only because of me. Few intellectual stances are more self-centered than this point of view which utterly negates everything that happened before you were born, which made it possible for you to be born. Now, at this point in Jewish history, there are, there's no one who says we have to keep the chain going, as Alan King says in that opening segment. There's no identity laws. There are no Cossacks. There are no brown shirts. Nobody's forcing us to be Jews. But really, who are you to presume to break it? Are you really so sure that after all the Jewish tradition has given to this world, after all that Jews have given for you to be here where you are, are you so sure that it's worth nothing and that discarding it is your right above all else? And are you so full of hubris That you, someone who is alive for but an infinitesimal fraction of Jewish history, you are going to decide, eh, I'm done. This is done. This is done with me. Here it stops.
where perhaps you feel, well, I'm opting out. I'm opting to forsake my birthright. Let others carry it on. In doing so, here too you negate the very premise that allowed you to be who you are in many ways. Perhaps you can't understand them. Perhaps you can't embrace them. Perhaps you don't want to embrace them. Perhaps you don't even care. But nonetheless, who you are is a product of how you got to be where you are. And part of that is the birthright and the legacy and the obligation that devolves to you by being born into the Jewish community. So what happened with Michael and Hope and their baby? Well, here's what happened with them. Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, ruler of the universe, who has sanctified us by thy commandments and enjoined upon us the right of circumcision. We rejoice. A child is coming into the world. We rejoice as we bring this child into the breed, covenant between God and the Jewish people. And God said to Abraham, You shall keep my covenant, you and all your children after you. He who is eight days old will be circumcised. Every male child throughout your generations. This has been Radio Free Rabbi with Rabbi Joshua Aronson of Temple Judea in Tarzana, California. Produced and edited by Dan Leonard.